So once you find Romans chapter 15, verse 13, if you can please stand to honor the reading of God's word. One of the reasons why we set things up, we're going to have to where kids have sermons too in there. We're going to build up the children's church. We're going to try. It says in Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may be so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may be abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have hope and joy if you listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we forget to do that. Sometimes we forget to do that. I love being happy. And just about every single year, I talk about joy. I try. It's not always at Christmas, but many times it is. Because sometimes being around this world can be downtrodden. It can be very harsh. It makes you feel very sad, maybe mad, and overcome with bitterness. But we like to be happy to feel good. That's what most people like to do. I mean, I don't know one person says, boy, I don't want to feel good today. But yet there are a lot of people who get themselves in a bad mood and they stay in a bad mood. I know many Christians who walk around bitter and angry. Boy, that's not the greatest advertisement. Can you imagine having a, a big billboard in your life put above you that walks around and says, I'm a Christian. With this horrible lip sticking out, a lot of people do that. And this is where people say, but you don't understand what I've been through. No, I, I am sorry about that. I really am. I'm sorry that you've been through things. I got horrible news for you. Everybody has. You're not special. Nobody is. Everybody has been through hard times. I got other news for you. Everybody's special. God came and died for everyone. You are so special that Jesus died for you. So you're not special. That is to say, more special than me or anyone else. And yet, you're just as special as me and everyone else. In other words, you've had hard times. And I've had hard times, too. Here's the thing. You've had much harder times than me in some things. And in other things, you haven't had any much harder times than me. But that's okay, because we're not measured towards one another. When it comes down to it, who are we measured to? Jesus. And Jesus knew that we could not equal what needed to be done. And so he took care of us. But the thing about feeling happy is it comes and it goes. And if you put your happiness on things in this world, it's going to go whoop like the wind. Mm -hmm, it will. But then there's joy. And joy can be an emotion. But let's look at joy. Emotion of great happiness beyond and beyond happiness. That's what joy is. You've been so full of joy, you can't hardly control it. Boy, as a kid, we can be joyful. I remember at Christmas time, I was full of happiness, beyond happiness, full of joy. I was full of joy. I remember my father taking us out at Christmas time, my father and my mother. And my dad was always full of joy. I mean, he was almost like a Disney cartoon character sometimes, wasn't he? Just full of joy and happiness. And I remember when we would go out to the plaza and other things, he made everything special. It was like magical in a way, in that way. I loved it. And he made it just joyful. Did you know that joy is a special thing when you have it? You might feel joy when you go to a special place. Maybe for me it was Disney World back when it was Disney World. 
And it was a wonderful place, or the plaza, or to see a certain uh, Christmas character, or going uh, Christmas morning, or whatever it was, getting ice cream. You know, whatever it was, it was joy, very joyful happiness. But you know, the word joy is very important. Did you know it's uh, in the Bible over 165 times, depending on the version you have? Over 165 times in the Bible, and we're going to go through each and every verse of that. I'm joking, I'm joking. We're not going to go through every single verse, but we are going to go a few, over a few. And joy is important. It's very important. I talk about it a lot. But right now, our choir, our choir, by the way, if you're in the choir, make sure you come next Sunday. We don't have much more time. But what's that? Say amen. Amen, says the choir uh, leader. The choir uh, leader says that, and it's, it's true. So right now, our choir is singing a lot of songs. And one of the songs is, How Great Our Joy. Say it with me. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. <laughs> That's right. And, and uh, it's wonderful. And then, of course, Jesus, what did he bring? He brought joy to the world. That's right. That's right. That's what the shepherds told everyone. He brought joy to the world. And uh, I've got the joy. We're supposed to have joy. Because I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart today. Because I'm so happy, so very happy. I found the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. Well, I'm so happy, so very happy. Well, I found the love of Jesus in my heart. Here's my favorite part. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can set on attack. Set on attack. Set on attack. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can set on attack. Set on attack and stay. Well, I'm so happy, so very happy. Well, I found the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. Well, I'm so happy, so very happy. I found the love of Jesus in my heart. I found the peace that passes understanding down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I found the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Down in my heart today. Well, I'm so happy, so very happy. I found the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. Well, I'm so happy, so very happy. I found the love of Jesus in my heart. Now, joy. Joy is one of the greatest things you can ever receive. And today, the sermon is called The Joy Bug. Oh, the joy bug. Because it's catchy. It really is. But before we go to the joy bug, we got to start with another one. One that we hear about every single year. Every year, we know somebody or somebody's, or maybe ourselves. We know somebody who has a humbug. We know a humbug. Maybe you're a humbug. <laughs> maybe you've been a humbug. You know, I've been a humbug before, which is very rare for me. But I've been a humbug. In fact, of all the Santa Claus hats that I have, and i got a whole bunch but this is the one that I rarely wear because I don't want to go out to somebody and say, bah humbug. If I have this hat, I usually wear it with my Grinch shirt. Uh, but very rarely do I wear this bah humbug hat. It's very, very rare. Because it just doesn't seem very Christmassy to me. It just doesn't. And uh, 
Here's the ball humbug hat. So what does it mean to have a humbug? Well, the original, uh, the original uh, word, the original dictionary said that humbug means to be false, means to be talking nonsense, means to be fake. That's what uh, a humbug meant. In fact, so you basically you could say all these people you see on TV talking fake things about the Lord. They're speaking humbugs all the time. But through time, that is not what humbug usually means when you hear the word humbug. Because of a certain man that we know of, and I'm talking about Ebenezer Scrooge, many years ago, this story was written about Ebenezer Scrooge called The Christmas Carol. And because of that, it now pretty much means to have a negative attitude, a negative attitude towards Christmas, which quite means hypocrisy for a Christian about Christmas. It, it, it means to be displeased and to have bitterness about Christmas. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is one reason why I don't wear this hat very often. I might wear it for a joke. A Christian having a humbug spirit about Christmas is a little bit hypocritical. Now, there's lots of reasons people have bad attitudes. It could very well be because they're going through the hardest time they've ever been in their life. And we as Christians need to understand that. We don't know what people have gone through. It could be this week that you're going through an illness. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just this way. Maybe no one else is. But when I'm not feeling good, I'm not Mr. Hap, Hap, Happy. Sometimes I feel horrible when I'm sick, and I, just, I, I look a little bitter. Really not bitter compared to a lot of other people, but seeing how most people know I'm going to be giggling and acting stupid. So whenever I'm not feeling good, I, I look bitter because my mouth is all droll like that. So it's not so much that I'm in a bad mood, but I'm not in the mood for nonsense. I'm not in the mood for laughing. And so it seems like I'm in a bad mood. I go from being happy the dwarf and dopey the dwarf to being grumpy the dwarf. <laughs> or at least very serious. And so therefore, that negative spirit a lot of people have at Christmas seems hypocritical. But why? Just because you don't feel like decorating the house and putting up trees and all that? That's not hypocritical, is it? Well, not necessarily. But that's not really what it's about. Because of what Christmas represents, the time that we celebrate Jesus' birth, that's why it seems hypocritical. Because the whole world, whether they want to admit it or not, they know what Christmas is about. And they know that the joy of Jesus should be in our hearts. I'm not telling you to put on a Cheshire Cat grin like your goofy pastor with the gap in his teeth. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about the fact that we need to show the joy of Jesus to everyone. And as a humbug person, that's not what comes across. It looks like you're not happy with the joy that Jesus has given you. But wait a minute, what if someone's going through a hard time, Pastor? You know what it's like. You've been through divorce. You've been through death. You've been through all these things. You've been through harsh physical problems. So you're not always hap, hap, happy. That's true. But I know one thing, that even if we're going through those times, we need not to show people that we are angry. And if we know Christians or other people who are like this, let's not be judgmental. Let's try to show the joy to them. Because a humbug spirit can be catchy. You know, whenever you have a flu bug, it can be catchy. You know, that's why people say, don't come near me. Or maybe they just don't like you. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but when they have a flu bug, they don't want you to catch it. If they have a cold, they don't want you to catch it. If people have a humbug spirit, that can be catchy. You know what it's like. You go to a store, you're like, hi, how you doing today? And they say, get out of here. And that makes you kind of get in a bad mood. You know what it's like. 
Well, folks, I'm here to tell you, when you have the joy bug, that can catch you too. That's what the Spirit of God is all about. But let's look at that humbug for a minute. Proverbs 14, 29. Uh, this, maybe this, maybe a sister, Sister Connie. Maybe this one has turned up a bit because it's, see, I can't even get near it. Okay. Well, it's doing it no matter where I go. Okay, anyway. Um, one, this is Proverbs 14, 29. And I have these, most of these, on your page so you can know where, where it's at. But Proverbs 14, 29. One who is slow to anger is great in understanding. But one who is quick-tempered exalts foolishness. Amen. That's Proverbs 14, 29. But then we go to Psalm 37, 8. Psalm 37, 8 tells us, let go of anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It surely leads to evil deeds. And it does. When we throw fits, oh, I know. When you throw fits and you just set in the humbug spirit, maybe I'm the only one that's ever done this. I don't know. Have you ever just felt like you're setting in your humbug spirit, setting in a mess? When you do this, I mean, I don't know. There's been times I've sat in a puddle by accident when I was younger, sat in a puddle. And when you do this, it just, you just feel damp and angry. <laughs> One time when I was a little boy, and I didn't know I did it, I accidentally, I was five years old, I, set, I stepped in tar. And I did it two days in a row. And in doing that, I was, it was at uh, the bus stop. And in doing so, I went into my kindergarten class and on the brand new carpet, I went walking and tar went following me. Well, folks, that black, disgusting tar is just like that humbug spirit. Everywhere you go, that blackness follows you, footstep and footprint everywhere, and he spreads the other, and then other kids step in it, and they get in it too, and then they spread it everywhere. No wonder my teacher went off on me. I can't blame her. But the truth be told, that's the way the humbug spirit is. We as Christians need to represent and exuberate the kindness and love of Christ. Does that mean you're wrong for having an emotion? No. But it is the way we're supposed to be. It's a, we are supposed to have the Holy Spirit shine of happiness. So with your physical and emotional uh, moments of frustration are start to come upon you, stop. Pray. And when you do that, it's amazing, no matter how you feel physically or emotionally, that spiritual shine will overtake it. Think of it like the medication that we take when we have a cold. I just took NyQuil, I just took DayQuil, I just took whatever, and you start to feel better. Have a bad headache, take some Tylenol or whatever you can take, and all of a sudden, slow but sure, that headache goes away, and you start to become your nice, shiny, beautiful self. That's the way the Holy Spirit does for it. It's the medication of the Spirit, hallelujah. The Word helps us that way. Proverbs 15.1. Proverbs 15.1. Stay in Proverbs 15 for just a minute. Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Be gentle with one another. Be gentle with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Have you ever been angry and upset? Or maybe you're not upset, but you're in a rush. This is, this is basic for Christmas time. I was in a rush this morning. I was trying to be very careful how I answer people. I really wasn't in the mood to talk, not because I was angry, 
but I was frustrated with all the situations going on and when people ask me stuff, I said, I I'm doing okay. I'm do Truth be told, I wasn't doing okay. My cane broke on me that I just bought. <laughs> my cane broke on me for a split second. I was falling all over the place. My ankle was twisting and turning. The things would, weren't screwing in right. That I was trying to hook up for the kids. Everything was going crazy this week. But here's the truth. I tried to answer soft and still and small like God does for us. And why? Because if I turn around and say, leave me alone. <laughs> that, that's not how we're supposed to represent Christ. And sometimes it's not what we say, is it? I just saw you, sister. You said it's how we say it. I remember long ago I was talking to someone, and uh, they said, do you love me? I said, yes, I love you. Now, here's the funny thing. I'm saying the right thing, but I was in busy, I was in the mood, and I was, I was like, yes, I love you. But here's the thing. It's not what I said. It's how I said it. Yes, I love you. Oh, that's a Hallmark card that's been dipped in toilet water. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. And that's not a very good way to represent it. I one time told a friend, it's not what you give them for Christmas. It's sometimes it's the delivery. Sometimes it's the delivery. I mean, come on. You got to be careful, folks. Christians, wonderful, beautiful Christians. We got to be careful. Proverbs 15, 18 says this, a hot tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient, calms a quarrel. Oh, I'd love to tell you I've always been that way. I've not been. I've not been. Sometimes I've been a smart aleck, sarcastic, hot-headed idiot. But when I'm quiet and still and listen to the Holy Spirit, oh. Now, you know I talk, and I talk quite a bit sometimes. There's other times I'm very still. You may not realize it, because maybe you're not around for those moments. My mom can tell you about this. There's many times I'm very quiet, aren't I? Many times I just let her talk. And I just listen. Because sometimes that's all a person needs. Sometimes a person just needs to talk. And they just want to speak. Sometimes I let my mama talk to me as if I'm her pastor, which I am. There's other times I let her talk because I'm her son. And she just needs to, to, to let her son listen. That's what I do. And I don't try to have all the answers, because I don't. Only God does. The other thing is, is for my friends. Sometimes I'm in a talkative mood. Other times I just want to hear about their week. I want to hear about how their teaching went. I want to hear about the kids in their life. I want to hear about all the things they went through, because they need that. We don't need to always have the answers, even to the humbugs. We need to let them talk about it, so that God can take care of the rest. We need to remember that. Proverbs 22, 24. This is something, if you have a hard time with your temper, or if you're moody, and by that I'm talking about emotional. Or maybe if you're sensitive. I'm sometimes very sensitive. Depends on how I feel, if my head is messing with me. But we need to remember this. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. I tried for so long to help people who need to be changed. My heavens, I, <laughs> I spend a decade trying to help one, and here's the problem with that. That's a waste of time. Now, you can love them from afar, say, I love you, and walk on. You remember what Jesus said? Wipe the dust off your feet and go. You can't change them. Only they can change them by letting God change them, because you're not God. And you're not Jesus. 
but you're blessed because God, Jesus, lives within you. So the appropriate thing to do is be correct and honest with them and kind and walk. Let them take care of them by listening to the Lord. Now, maybe they're going to listen to him when he speaks through you, but then again, maybe that's the moment when you need to walk and let them take care of it because if you're going to sit there and let them punching bag you, you know, punch on you, really the only person to blame is you for that moment when you're getting punched over and over again. Now, I don't necessarily mean literally, but that too. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 7.9. Now, remember, this was written, just like with Proverbs, this is written by Solomon. Do not be quick in your spirit to be angry, for irritation settles in the bosom of fools. Now, what does that mean, bosom of fools? It means in your heart. I'll say it again. Do not be quick in your spirit to be angry, for irritation settles in the bosom of fools. And it does. It settles in your heart. If you hang on to that irritation, I get irritated quite a bit. Mostly I get irritated online when I see people misquoting God and confusing others. Remember, God is not the author of confusion. Does that mean I believe fellow Christians are trying to be used of the devil? No. But sometimes people don't think. And they just shoot off at the mouth and they say things that can easily be well, first of all, they're either being led by pride. Look how smart I am. Or they're not thinking with their heart. And they're saying things that could easily confuse and send young Christians into frustration, maybe even to damage, personal damage. And it does. Psalm 30, verse 5. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his, being the Lord, for his anger endures but a moment. But his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. What comes in the morning? Joy, joy, joy. Amen. Joy. And here's one that I quote quite a bit. It's true. Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the last part of the humbug is James 1, 2 through 5. And it says this, and I, this is so that we can move on to the joy bug. James 1, 2 through 5 says, My brothers, it's talking about us Christians, my brothers, count it all joy when you fail into diverse temptations. Well, that's, <laughs> that's difficult, Pastor. I don't like to be tempted any more than you do. That's true. I hate temptations. If you're tempted by anger, if you're tempted by lust, if you're tempted by gluttony, if you're tempted by gossip, if you're tempted to look at other things besides the Lord, Put other things first. Maybe you're tempted to look at all the bad things of the world and to be in a humbug spirit. Maybe you're tempted of all these things. And I know I am sometimes to be blue. You know, one of the things, I didn't put it on here, but one of the, the problems with the humbug spirit is to be blue. You know what it's like to be blue, to be sad. 
which causes anger a lot of times. You all know that song, I'll Have a Blue Christmas. I a lot of times think of Elvis singing it. It's goofy as all get out, but I enjoy it. Blue, 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 blue. And we get really upset sometimes when we get sad and overcome with emotion. But listen to what it says again. My brothers, count on all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. Pastor, I don't like to be tried with my patience. Who does? I don't. But it's not when you're being tried, but what happens afterwards. What happens afterwards. Verse 4, but let patience perfect its work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Remember, it's God allowing you to go through it to help you. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally with, and without criticism, and it will be given to him. And you know what it comes to after that? At, not during the testing. Oh, the testing. Oh, the testing is difficult. But boy, after that, you know what comes? Joy, joy, joy. There's joy in the wisdom. There's joy after the trials. Boy, I always hated tests at school. I wasn't the smartest kid, and I wasn't patient. And I definitely didn't do all the studying I should have done most of the time. Or it wasn't even that, because sometimes I did. Sometimes I did really good in the work. That's what the, the teachers always said. You did great in the test, in the work. But when it came to the test, I was horrendous. You know why? I was impatient. I was nervous as all get out. My knees were knocking. My teeth were knocking. It was crazy. I don't know why, except I got nervous. And I wasn't patient enough to think it through. I couldn't. It was like the, I could hear that clock. And I wasn't patient with it. But, but if we will just listen, I'm talking about the test here in, in spiritual test. If we will just listen to the Lord and the Holy Spirit, he will give us the answers. You don't have to rely upon your own understanding, but the understanding of God. That's different between the tests we have in school, teachers. <laughs> Isn't that right? It's beautiful because it doesn't come from the textbook, which a lot of times are wrong answers. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm talking about in spiritual matters, okay? Even historical matters sometimes. Because sometimes they tell you about evolution and nonsense like that. But I'm talking about actual biblical things that only God can give you. And he's the one living in you. So don't answer it yourself. Listen to God. Now it's time for the joy bug. That joy bug. Pastor, you think there's a whole lot of time for the joy bug because we don't need it. We know what joy is. Joy is J-O-Y. J-O-Y dash bug. <laughs> joy, and I've talked about it many times before. Joy in Christmas, and not just in Christmas, because Christmas comes, and then it goes. And it comes around again, that calendar. That time of year when that sun goes around and we go around the sun, actually. But here's the truth. It's not just a Christmas time that we need joy. It's all year round. It's all day round. We need it all life round. We need it all the time. We need joy. How do we find joy? With J, Jesus. And then O, others. And then why you? And what do I mean by that? That we're going to find our joy in others, in Jesus, and then others in you? No. We find joy in putting Jesus first. That's how we find our joy. Joy is found in loving Jesus first. 
and then others before ourselves, and then ourselves, you. Now, I remember used to, and so many people in this world try to put ourselves first. They always say, oh, put ourselves before everyone else and everything else. That doesn't work. I remember last year, or maybe it was the year before, I tried to spell it backwards how so many people try to find it. Yoj, it doesn't work. <laughs> or how some people just try to find joy with why. Problem is, and people have to ask the question, why? Why am I not finding happiness? Because you're only trying to find it in yourself. It doesn't work. That's why there's so many people asking why. Why can I not find happiness? Because it's only being found in you. That's why. That is why. But they can see by our actions, there's an everlasting, I don't know about us Christians, who find joy in this way. Jesus, then others, then you. You can find everlasting, genuine, authentic joy by people can see that there's Jesus, then others, and you, and that's everlasting, authentic, genuine joy. That is the joy that can be seen all around the world. That Jesus Christ came, lived, died, and arose again, and he now lives in the Christians who have found him and lives with him, and other people can see that joy that can never go away. This is why I'm saying to the Christians who have the humbug spirit, Throw that humbug spirit in the trash where it belongs. I'm not saying the humbug doesn't try to come out and bite you and spread it around to everyone. I get in a humbug spirit every once in a while. I wake up in physical pain. I wake up emotionally feeling, oh, I'm not feeling good today. But you know what I do? I get up and I pray. I get up and I pray and I say, Lord Jesus Christ, the first thing I say every day, Lord Jesus Christ, help me, Lord, to put my focus on you. Then other things. Then I get the Bible, and I get to reading, and I get to praying some more, and I get to singing. And boy, I just, I just can't quit. I can't quit the singing. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world. What, do, what in the world? Joy, joy, joy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And that is how I have joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Because I know that Jesus is in me. He's in me. So let me give you some verses. To remind you of the joy in your heart. Jesus first. Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. I was telling you about Hebrews earlier today. People get confused by Hebrews, that book. They take those scriptures out of context. A lot of times out of Hebrews chapter 10 or some before that. Read the whole book. The whole book. And you'll see that joy can't be taken from you. Cannot, and I'll talk about this in a few weeks. It can't be taken from you. It'll stay with you forever and ever. I love Hebrews chapter 11. Talks about faith. But I also love when you take 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12. Listen to chapter 12. Hebrews 12, 2. Let's look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So I said that the Lord is not the author of confusion. That's right. Listen what it says. Let us look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. You talk about joy. It's Jesus who brings us that joy. And then Psalm 511. Oh, Psalm 511. Listen to what it says in Psalm 511. But may all those who seek refuge in you rejoice. May they ever shout for joy because you defend them. 
May those who love your name be joyful in you. Oh, yeah. He's talking to the Lord God, who Jesus is, by the way. He is God. <laughs> and then we need to find joy in others, the others around us. Love them before we love ourselves, always. Now, that doesn't mean we disrespect ourselves or have insecurities and kick ourselves in the teeth. You probably couldn't tell by looking at my teeth. But here's the truth. You need to love yourself. Don't pick on yourself too much. I do that, I know. But you know what? Even when I do that, even when I tease myself and all that, I still love me. I used to not. But I do because God loves me. He died for me. He loves me. He loves you. That's why we got to love who we are. That doesn't mean put ourselves above everyone else, but that does mean have self-respect. Don't let your insecurity overtake the love that you have, because God loves you. But let's look at the verse for others. Here we go. Romans 12, 15. And you know how you can love others? By praying for others who don't know the Lord and praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ, especially when they're down, when they need that prayer. Pray for them always. Listen to what it says. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep for those who weep. I'll say it again. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I think that's perfect because that takes care of your brothers and sisters in Christ. That takes care of those who are not related to you through the blood of Jesus. You need to be there with them. It also takes care of those who are going through difficult times, who go, who go through good times and the bad times and the ugly times. They need your joy. They need your joy. They need your prayer. Be with them. Pray for them. I know sometimes people make us angry. They make us upset. But you know what? We need to pray for them anyway. Doing to others as you'd have them doing to you. Amen. Amen. And then last but not least, and especially not least. Okay, you might be last on that menu of prayer. But don't belittle yourself. Pray for you. Be there for you. Love you. Have joy for you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I love this. Remember how I said to start your day? Here we go. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. That's a whole verse. <laughs> Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in, G, in God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'll say it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Be joyful, pray for these things. God is with us. I like what was said in John 16, 24. This is right before Jesus prayed to God, before he prayed to his Father. I thought he said Jesus was God. He is. It could be confusing, but he's God, and he was in the form of his son right here on earth. But this is what he says when he's talking to all the disciples around, all except Judas, he wasn't there. He says, John 16, 24, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, you will receive, and your, that your joy may be full. This is why we pray. Remember this for yourself. God wants to give you what you need. What do you want? This is the greatest Christmas present of all time. Everlasting life. And then, what do you need in your spiritual life? 
No, this is not where you can come out on Christmas morning to your stockings and expect, expect that God give you every single blessing in the whole wide world. You remember what the prayer is? Yes is the answer. Yes or no or wait. Only if it's God's will. Some people, I've said it many, many times, they try to treat Jesus like a genie in a bottle. That's not how it works. You're not his God. He's your God. Remember that. We'll have that as a sermon someday. Philippians 4, 4 through 5. Philippians 4, 4 through 5 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone come to know your gentleness. The Lord is at hand. We should always rejoice in the Lord. That's not always so easy. But you are in charge of that. Even through your difficult times, through the hardest times of your life, we need to rejoice knowing that God is in charge. Now, here's the truth. And this is going to sound kind of harsh at first. A Christian has no excuse not to have joy. They don't. A Christian has no excuse not to have joy. Now, that doesn't mean our emotions don't get the better of us sometimes, because they do. But we have no excuse not to have joy because we have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We can feel his love. We can see it. We can feel it. It's around us all the time. So what excuse do we have when we don't feel the joy? And I'm not talking about the emotion of happiness. We don't always walk around like a chaser cat, like a goofball. <laughs> no, we sometimes do get sad. It's an emotion too. But that doesn't mean we don't have the everlasting joy within us. You can be sad in emotion and yet have that everlasting joy all the time. Because my joy overcomes my other emotions. We're to let that joy bug defeat the humbug of the world. Not to be overcome by that humbug. And I have this verse to help you with that. Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God does not mean eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, why do I say that? Because that's the physical things. We all need physical things sometimes. We have to eat. I'm sure your stomach's telling you that right now. Come on, Pastor. It's, it's passing. Here's the thing. We have to have those things. But the kingdom of God isn't about the things we have, but about the everlasting joy of the Holy Spirit. I'll say it one more time. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God does not mean eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So go around. So go around. Tell everyone. I've got the joy, and you can have him too. I've got him. Let him see it. Let him hear there's joy to the world. There's joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Let the Lord Jesus, let him know that he has come. Let him in. I have the joy, and they can have him too. You have the joy, they can have it too. Let the people see it in your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter how bad you feel, let them see that even through the hardest times, that joy is in you. And I'll close reading John chapter 15, verse 10 through 12. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Let's bow in prayer.
Lord Jesus, we thank you this wonderful day that we can feel your joy in our hearts. And we know that you're with us no matter what. And even in the most difficult times, we know that we can find joy in you and we can find compassion in you. And we can find comfort in you. And we can find, Lord God, we can find your love to share to others. I pray if there be anyone here today who's going through such difficulties physically or emotionally, mentally, Lord God, maybe they feel that they can't go on. Maybe that humbug spirit has taken over them and they just don't feel that Christmas feeling that they know the hallmark has told them they're supposed to or the world has told them they're supposed to financially, Lord God. I pray that you will let them feel the true everlasting joy of you living in their hearts to put you first and others than themselves. But Lord God, I pray that they will feel your arms wrapped around them and they'll be overfilled with your joy and that no one can take it away from them. I pray, Lord God, that we know that joy will never leave us, never, because you will never leave us. And I pray for those right now who just need you more than anything else and that they will feel your presence with them. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord God. Amen.